Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. Arkansas has wrapped up fall camp for all intents and purposes. They'll take today off from the practice field, and then they'll get back at it on Friday with full focus turned to Georgia. Curtis Wilkerson is going to join us today on the show to talk a little bit about Razorback football. We'll also jump into some basketball recruiting stuff. Keith Grayson with his take as well. All that and more on Hog Sports Live. Before we get started, of course, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Uh, Be sure to follow the page if you haven't done so already. Interact with the video. Throw us a thumbs up, something like that. Also available on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. Hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload a new video. And also interact. Throw us a like there, of course, as well. Also available on Apple Podcasts. Scroll down to the bottom if you're subscribed to the the channel. And uh, give us a four-star, excuse me, not a four-star, a five-star rating. And also say something nice about us in the review if you want to. We'd certainly appreciate that. If you're not subscribed, then you can just uh, leave a review up at the top. But if you are, you have to scroll all the way down. Also available anywhere else you can think of to find a podcast. If you haven't signed up for the daily newsletter, you should do so. If you're a free user, if you're interested in getting free Razorback news delivered to your email inbox every morning, then sign up for our newsletter. Just go to hawgsports.com, scroll to the middle of the page, and hit your email. Enter your email and hit sign up. It takes 15 seconds. You get an activation email, and you'll, you'll hit that, and you'll be all set. You can cancel that at any time, but if you want to get free Razorback content delivered to your email, email inbox every morning, then definitely sign up for that. And we'll also send you any breaking news. And speaking of breaking news, we send all of our breaking news via text alert as well. So you can go to hogsports.com also. And uh, if you go up to the top, I believe the top right of the page, and you see the three dots, you can see text alerts. And then you just enter your phone number and you're good to go there. And you'll get, well, all we do is send breaking news. So anytime like, like there's a commitment or, you know, something else huge happens, then we'll send a text alert out. And uh, you can also stop that at any time as well. But you're going to want to keep both of those things. are great ways to keep in touch with Razorbacks. All right. As I mentioned, Curtis Wilkerson is going to join us here in a little bit uh, just to talk some Razorback basketball recruiting. Um, and, uh, and of course, he's been, you know, involved with football as well. And then we're going to get fan take from Keith Grayson. We're also going to answer your questions. So if you got some questions, be sure to go ahead and get those and now. So right now, just for a couple of housekeeping items, the Big Ten is going to play football in October. I guess August, excuse me, October 24th. Probably should have done that anyway. Probably should, and we wouldn't have had all of this stuff that's happened since. But at the same time, 
there has been some more advances. I mean, like, you know, they've got the rapid response test now uh, that's really fast and really accurate. And, uh, you know, deaths are down. I mean, you look across college football, I mean, there's going to be there's going to be an instance here and there, but people aren't getting hospitalized because of this. These athletes aren't, you know, and I know there's other concerns about, you know, its impact on the heart, just like with any virus, but big 10 making the right choice coming back. October 24th is awfully late. I mean, if you want, if you want to put that into perspective, basketball season is right now looking like it's on track to start November 25th. So we will have a college basketball season. It'll start later than normal, but, uh, November 25th for that. It'll be interesting to see what kind of the schedules look like for all that kind of stuff. Things moving in the right direction, of course. Now, that's not to say there's not hiccups. I mean, obviously, there are players all over the country with coronavirus, COVID, whatever you want to call it, and there are players, uh, you know, that don't have it that are being quarantined. You know, like Missouri, Missouri is going to have 12 players. They already know this. We're like nine days out. 12 players are going to miss the Alabama game with coronavirus. And Alabama players are going to miss too. Arkansas players are going to miss. It's going to happen everywhere. I mean, everywhere, it's it, this virus is everywhere. And so you're going to bump into situations where it's going to hit you. And, I mean, I think, you know, when I, like, go down the depth chart, and we can take a look at that right now, I've got a couple of changes that I, that I wanted to make. Uh, but when you look at that, it makes sense for the way Sam Pittman and the coaching staff has organized things to where – everybody gets about the same amount of reps and everybody's cross-trained. You talk to defensive back and they're like, yeah, I'm learning safety. I'm learning nickel. I'm learning cornerback, you know? Uh, and the reasoning is because you have to know all those spots because you could very well be needed at any moment. You know, you don't know when, you know, I mean, you've got, you know, the whole room of players, you know, hanging out and working together and somebody has coronavirus and everybody's got a quarantine, you know, you could be in trouble at linebacker or defensive line. So, it's important to make sure, especially for this season, I think that Arkansas has done about as good a job as you could hope in, in that regard uh, in terms of getting stuff in, taking advantage. They went, they did 18 practices of fall camp. They're allowed 25 leading up to the Georgia game, so they still got some more practices coming. They got Friday. I would imagine if it's a normal deal, they'll, they'll do Friday. They do like probably a light day Sunday and then Monday off for meetings, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, walk through Friday, game Saturday. Does that add up right? I didn't even add it up in my head. Obviously, no change at quarterback. Felipe Franks, I mean, he's – first. well, team captains have been named. We'll go over that in a minute. But uh, Felipe Franks is one of the team captains, and he is projected starter at quarterback. No change really at running back. Rakeem Boyd, Traylon Smith, your top two guys, probably Amante Spivey. Dominic Johnson's done some good things. The, the interesting spot, I guess, on offense, tight end, wide receiver, offensive line, all the three of those. When you look at wide receiver, Trey Knox, Mike Wood, Traylon Burks, okay? Behind them, looking like it's going to be Tyson Morris, Devion Warren, TJ Hammonds, okay? Those are probably – and you're really not going to play more than six guys, five, six guys, so – that's probably about all you can expect to see unless you run into a situation, you know, with coronavirus. Darren Turner, Karch Gardner, Kendall Catalan, probably your next guys up. Tight end, Hudson Henry, and then I guess they're working packages for Marcus Henderson. You know, you could see that 12 personnel look. I don't want to go over a bunch of stuff that's, you know, kind of staying the same, but offensive line, Myron Cunningham, 
left tackle, left guard looking like Brady Latham, center Ricky Stromberg, right guard Bo Limmer, right tackle Dalton Wagner or Noah Gatlin. I think that right tackle spot is really the the last one that's that's still kind of open, even though they know what they their offensive line, what they want it to look like. Now, it may be rocked a little bit due to contact tracing and coronavirus, but they know the five guys. They've got an, they know the five guys they want there. Now, will they be there on Saturday? Not this Saturday, but the next. We'll see. I made a little bit of a change just based on some guys with some insight on defensive line. Dorian Gerald and Julius Coates at the ends. Jonathan Marshall at one of the defensive tackle. And I've moved Isaiah Nichols, Springdale's own Isaiah Nichols, up to the starting lineup. Now, that doesn't mean Xavier Kelly is doing poorly or anything. I think I still think you're going to see roughly a 50-50 split. I mean, when you look at this depth on the defensive line, I mean, I think it's pretty pretty solid overall in terms of being able to, you know, line up against other SEC teams and, and compete and be competitive. Now, will they be great? I'm, I'm not going to say that. But can they be an SEC defensive line? I think possibly. I think there's a possibility that they can, that we could be witnessing that finally. Linebackers, maybe another story. I, the linebacker I have the least grasp on, on what's going on at that position. I mean, bumper pool is going to start, and then who? Is it Grant Morgan? Is it Hayden Henry? Hayden Henry was working inside. They feel like now he's a better fit outside. I mean, when you we've talked about this before because people are always like, well, move him to linebacker. He seems like he's got the right size for linebacker. But linebackers are born, especially middle linebackers. It just takes a certain type of guy to play that because, as Sam Pittman was saying yesterday on his radio show, that guy's got stuff coming from, from both sides, right, coming from everywhere. If you're playing the strong side, then you're outside, you know, and so everything's going inside of you. You know, you don't re- – I mean, obviously stuff, yeah. But for the most part, as far as run game, everything's coming this way, right? So a little bit different and maybe a better fit for Hayden Henry there at strong side. Him and Zach Zymos. Is it Zymos, Zemos, or Zemus? I, I was going through updating roster, and I looked at a pronunciation guide, and I've been told that Chad Morris told us that it was Zymos, and the pronunciation guide says Zemus. Zach Zemus, and everybody says Zemos. So we got to get some clarification on that. I think he's going to be a guy that helps them eventually. Right now, I mean, according to Pittman, they've got like six linebackers, you know. I mean, that's that's not good. That that doesn't mean like they're all good. I mean, it's kind of like running back when you're like, well, you know, everybody, we're going to rotate running backs, everything's even. That just means you don't have a good running back because odds are – you're going to need an NFL type of running back on your team. And if you're telling me that you've got three guys that are deadlocked, it's most likely that those three guys aren't NFL running backs. It's unlikely that you would have three NFL running backs on your roster, if that makes sense. Jalen Catalan, Joe Fouché, Miles Slusher, and Miles Mason backing them up. Then Micah Smith and Simeon Blair backing them up. Jerry Jacobs, Monteric Brown, Greg Brooks, your cornerbacks, Greg Brooks being the nickel. No real change there at the cornerback spot. So just wanted to mention a couple of spots where, you know, I thought that maybe it's worth to bring it up because I think there is a little bit of change. Okay. So just a few notes. Some of this is from Sam Pittman's uh, radio show yesterday, just some of the things that he went over. Of course, I'm having load problems. Here we go. All 
All right, so obviously the first game against Georgia, the big storyline playing the University of Georgia where Sam Pittman and Scott Fountain, who's special teams coordinator, uh, came from last year. So that's an interesting dynamic. There's a lot of interesting storylines when you look at the schedule. Obviously, you've got October 10th with Chad Morris and Gus Malzahn, Chad Morris, former head coach at Arkansas, now the offensive coordinator at Auburn. Gus Malzahn, the former offensive coordinator at Arkansas, now the head coach at Auburn. Always an intriguing matchup just for that dynamic with Gus Malzahn and then add Chad Morris on top of it. Then you've got uh, Felipe Franks returning to the Swamp on November 14th, playing Florida. That's obviously facilitated by adding Florida to the schedule with the new COVID schedule. Missouri's Barry Odom, now defensive coordinator for the Hogs, was the head coach at Missouri last year. He'll return to Columbia on November 28th unless they move that to November 27th. So, Four really intriguing storylines, and the first one starts with the Georgia game. Sam Pittman says they've done everything that they can as a football team. This is a great quote from him. Well, I tell you what, I love our football team. That's about as far as I'm going to go with my Sam Pittman impersonation. I didn't rehearse that, so I don't want to keep going and and it be terrible. And I love the way they work, and I love the way they listen to us. So we'll see what happens. But we've done as much as a football team, in my opinion, can do at this point. Now we've got to get ready to play. Sam Pittman gets it in terms of, like, what what he needs to say, you know, what's going to go over well. And I don't even know if he thinks of – like, I don't know if he gets it. I think it's kind of just how he is. I don't know if it's like a situation where Sam Pittman gets it. He just is Sam Pittman. If that makes sense. I'm saying a lot of things that maybe make sense to me that I don't know if they're coming across, but – that's kind of how I view him. He's just very genuine and says the right things. I thought this was great before practice Thursday, which, you know, obviously in their eyes, the last practice of fall camp, ask the players what they want the fans to think when they leave the stadium. What do you want the fans to think when you leave the stadium? And this has been a big thing to me because people always ask, how many games do you think they'll win? You think they can get two? You think they can get four? To me, it's not about that. And it is. I get yeah, I get it. It's about wins and losses. But to me, in terms of this program taking a step in the right direction, it's about not humiliating yourself and humiliating the fans and humiliating the state and humiliating the Razorback logo. That's what it's about to me. It's about going out there and fighting your butt off and caring and showing that you care. I mean, I think about guys like Trey Flowers, you know, emotional, bawling. Martrell Spate, you know, those guys had, I don't know, they just, they, to me, they just, when I see that, I know, okay, these guys care. These guys are fighting. I also know somebody cares when I see, you know, defenders flying over the pile, you know, all defenders in the frame on defense, those types of things. What's the energy level like? In practice, I like what I've seen out of practice. I want to see these guys fight. And the wins and losses should take care of themselves. Now, they may not have the talent to, you know, be a 500 team. I don't think they do. I'm not saying that. I think if they win a couple of games, they probably would have won three other non-conference games and had five wins for the season, and that would have been a pretty good step in the right direction. I think Arkansas fans should expect two wins. But, again, to me, this season is not about that. I think it will take care of itself if they come out and show some fight and show some heart. I think they got – a more experienced, better talent roster than they had last year. I think they had better coaches than they had last year. Schedule is unbelievably brutal. All right, I mentioned we were going to talk about team captains. So I mentioned Felipe Franks obviously was named a team captain. Grant Morgan, senior linebacker. Jonathan Marshall, senior defensive tackle. And Rakeem Boyd, 
senior running back. It's a good group of captains. Here's here's what uh, Pittman said. Grant's a, Grant is the vocal guy. He's an emotional guy. He's probably been in the gym ever since he was born. Felipe would probably be the next guy that talks. Rakeem is starting to get like that, but he's more talk with my pads, talk with my actions, and John Marshall doesn't say anything. And John Marshall doesn't say much at all. We had him in for uh, we had him in for a Zoom interview one day, and somebody asked something about the scrimmages, and he got, he's like, "We're not going to talk about the scrimmage," and we we're just like, "Okay, what do you want to talk? <laughs> what do you want to talk about, John?" <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't say a whole lot. By the way, happy birthday to Jonathan Marshall yesterday. It was a nice present for him. Turned twenty three years old. Team strongest Razorback and team captain. Turned twenty three years old yesterday. I've been going through updating our roster. Talked about the offensive line. That was one of the things he talked about a good bit. I thought this was really interesting, though, His the way he talked about Ricky Stromberg. Pittman said he wouldn't have recruited Ricky Stromberg at Georgia because they would have already had guys that are 320, 340 pounds coming out of high school, 320, 340. Stromberg, you know, he was up there. He was like 320. As a, you know, he lost a bunch of weight as, you know, he's a junior and he lost a bunch of weight and then eventually he was down to 266, played at 280 as a senior in high school, checked in at Arkansas at 266, played at 276 last year, now it's 311. And he kind of compared him to Frank Ragnow, who he went and saw. Ragnow was, went about 270, but he had the frame to put on more weight and that's what Ricky has also. But at Georgia, he said he probably wouldn't have recruited him because they would have already just brought in 320, 340 pound guys. So he's certainly thankful. According to him, he says it's thankful that the last staff took him. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Stromberg's going to have a chance at the next level, I think, if he keeps on the right path. I thought some of what Sam Pittman said was great also about, you know, being a, looking for guys that recruit. You know, if he asks you about your mom, he wants you to talk about your mom. You know, he doesn't want a guy that's all I, I, I because he wants a guy that's going to be a teammate. If, it's, if he's only talking about himself – when he was recruiting him, that's all he's going to talk about and worry about when he's on campus. I thought that was a great point by him. You know, recruiting has been different, but it's still the same. You know, you're recruiting 
um, via Zoom calls a lot. You're doing virtual tours and all that stuff. They have lifted the restriction on phone calls. Right now, you would only be doing one phone call a week, right? But they've made it unlimited, which I think helps, obviously, especially with a guy like Pittman who stays active on that kind of stuff, texting and trying to call coaches and parents and all that stuff. So that's that's been good, although they have pushed the dead period all the way out to January 1st, which we knew was coming. I mean, you're going to have, as Pittman was saying, you're going to have guys who have never visited the University of Arkansas who might end up signing with Arkansas, who's never met Sam Pittman face-to-face or their position coach face-to-face. Crazy to think about. It's a disservice to the kids. It's a disservice to the kids who are making the biggest choice of their lives to this point, that they, they're not allowed to visit in any kind of capacity. You can do something where you can bring in small groups, limit the groups or something, make them wear a mask the whole time. But to push it all the way, and I understand you want to protect the football season, but there's got to be something you can figure out here to get these kids on campus before they're asked to sign a letter of intent. I think they'll end up just pushing all that back. Like what he said about A.J. Reed yesterday, and this has always been my thought, and I've seen kickers do this before. You know, they go up, they walk behind the line of scrimmage, you know, and, you know, they maybe have a cross or they say a prayer. I'm not saying anything about a prayer. I'm not saying anything about prayer, you know. I'm just saying about the timing of it and the mental attitude you have to have. And you go up there and, you know, you say a little prayer and you're just like, please let this go through. That's not the attitude you want to have. Anybody who plays golf, what's your attitude when you walk up to a par three? I'm about to stick this on the green. If you don't have that attitude, you're probably not going to do it, right? I'm about to nail this free throw. I'm about to kick this ball straight through the uprights. Save your prayer and your thanks for after the kick. That's all I'm saying. And I see a lot of kickers that have that attitude. seems like A.J. Reed from Sam Pittman, the way he's talking about him, you know, he's a guy that, you know, people say all the time, kick a field goal, and he says, but you're not down on the field looking that kid in the eye. You know, you don't see what I see. But with A.J. Reed, apparently he has that confidence. A lot of interesting stuff from Scott Fountain in a recent interview we had with him also, just about resting the leg, trying to boost up A.J. Reed's um, percentage of touchbacks. But I've always thought that. Whenever I see somebody up there just like saying a prayer or something right before they kick it, I'm just thinking, hmm, I don't know about this one. Again, nothing against prayer. Don't People will misread that, take that the wrong way. I'm saying save your prayer for after the kick. Go up there with the attitude. I'm about to knock this through. All right. We're going to get to Curtis Wilkerson now. For those who don't know Curtis, he's been with us a few months now, doing a fantastic job. I mean, talk about cranking out content. This guy, I couldn't be happier um, with this guy's, the way he's just fit in with us and does a great job. Wait till basketball season. He's going to really provide a lot of great insight in that regard. Hey, Trey. Hey, Curtis. I was just introducing you to everybody and uh, telling everybody what a great job you're doing. How you doing today? I'm doing real good. I mean, it's it's Matt Jones Day, right? We're nine days away from Arkansas football, so it's a good day. That's right. That's the countdown, the Jersey countdown. Yes. So I wanted to talk to you. We'll get into a little bit of football discussion, but also this past weekend you uh, you went and watched some basketball. Yeah, I tell you what, that felt good. It was the first time I've been able to get back in the gym since all this quarantine and everything started. But, yeah, last weekend on Saturday, I got to go down to Little Rock to take in some of the bubble challenge. So uh, really just a, a nice little two-day event with a bunch of in-state and, and some out-of-state teams mm-hmm. and some good talent. 
you know, I tell you, there's some real good basketball in Arkansas, and it's not all about the top-end talent. There's a lot of low-major, mid-major type guys I think are going to come out of the state. But in terms of, you know, the guys that Arkansas is after, a good amount of 2022 and 2023 guys I got a chance to chat with. Uh, Nick Smith Jr. in that 2022 class out of Sylvan Hills. I mean, he's a four-star top 50 nationally ranked guy, the top prospect in Arkansas. He didn't play, but I did get a chance to talk with him. I tell you what, that'd be a big pickup if the Hogs can pull it off. I mean, mm. this is a guy who has a lot of ties. He's got friends that are on the team currently. He's working out with former Hog Daryl Macon. He stays in touch with guys like Bobby Portis and Anton Beard. So some of the things that we talked about there, you know, it just seems like there's a lot of ties to him in the state, but it's not going to be easy. I mean, big offer list, and he's starting to get some of the Blue Bloods, North Carolinas, Kansas, guys like that after him. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But a couple other guys got to see uh, Khalil Ware, 6'11", top 100 forward in that 2022 class out of North Little Rock. Man, I'll tell you what, he's, he is long, he runs the floor, he can shoot it a little bit. Uh, really high ceiling and a lot of development still left for him. You know, he's a guy that's hearing from the Hogs weekly, another one that's going to be highly coveted. But, you know, honestly, the most impressive guy uh, was a 2023, actually. So 6'3", com- yeah, combo card of Bryson Warren uh, was at North Little Rock last year, transferred over to Little Rock Central, he's he's a player. He's a real deal. So three-level scorer, he's a guy that actually likes to get out and defend. You know, he's, he's got offers from half the SEC already, including Arkansas. It's a kid I could really see being a top 50 caliber prospect down the road. Nice player. Curtis Wilkerson joining us with hogsports.com. Again, you can read all of Curtis's stuff at hawgsports.com. Been with us for almost three months now and doing a great job. You can also read his analysis on these players um, Bryson Warren, his just kind of evaluation, and and Nick Smith, what he thinks about him. Obviously, he wasn't playing there, but also video interviews with both of these guys with a VIP subscription. For those who aren't familiar with Curtis's background, um, he's from McCrory, Arkansas originally. How are you, Curtis? 32? 32. 32, right. and uh, been living in St. Louis the last 10 years. Um, was a former NAI player, NAI coach, NAI interim coach for a little bit also. He's worked in sports medicine, administration. I mean, you've written for Busting Brackets, Prep Hoops. You've, you've done a lot in a short amount of time, Curtis. <laughs> One of the reasons you were intriguing. So when it comes to basketball, understand that he does know what he's talking about. He's not just some guy off the street that we picked up. He's uh, And you can tell that just by talking with him. So we're certainly pleased with uh, everything that you brought to the table here, Curtis, so far in basketball. What do you think about this November 25th start date for, for Hog Hoops? Thank goodness we're just at least having basketball. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, you wondered – a couple months ago if it was even going to happen and then you're hearing a lot of talk about well maybe they'll go you know january 1st and just try to play conference only but to hear november 25th that that's exciting i mean Mm -hmm. it's only pushed back a couple weeks uh sounds like they'll be able to get in i think 27 games is what they're capping it at that's only four fewer than a full season so uh hey i'll I'll take that I'll, i'll be really interested to see you know, what are they going to do with those early non-conference games? Are they going to throw Arkansas into one of these bubbles or pods that they've been talking about? Maybe push that Las Vegas tournament, which was happening right before that November 25th date. Maybe they can push that back. I don't know, but it'll be interesting to see. I'm just happy to have basketball at all. Curtis, switching gears real quick on you with football. Wrapped up fall camp yesterday. 
turning attention to the Georgia Bulldogs. How are you feeling right now? I, I think too many people are, you know, starting to drink the Kool-Aid a little bit. It's that time of year where you start drinking the Kool-Aid. What, what's your approach to the season? How what are you what are you expecting? Yeah, I I mean I I think it's a it's a cautious optimism with me. You know, I I think people get it misconstrued a little bit when we're saying, hey, you know, it, it looks like they're going to be maybe improved on the defensive line. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's some promise in the secondary. We like the skill positions. You know, that's not us saying, hey, I, I think these guys are going to go out and go eight and two. But it's just improvement. And, and I think it's a lot about, you know, the same things that you say in terms of, hey, uh, let's just go out there and be competitive. Maybe we can get a couple wins this season. Uh, you know, maybe the Hogs can can just show out a little bit better and, and be in the game in the second half against some of these better teams. So it's a process. It's incremental improvement. Uh, but I, I am optimistic that we're going to see a better product on the field. I'm not so sure that this Georgia game is going to be indicative of how good – now, sure, they could come out and be, and really surprise you. I mean – you know, I think Duke played Notre Dame pretty well overall in the, in the week that Arkansas would have played them. So maybe Arkansas would have played Notre Dame well. But it's hard for me to say, like, these guys are going to – you know, what what happens in that first game, if it's really negative, is going to be indicative of how the season is going to play out because they haven't had – you know, they haven't – it's their first year under Pittman. You know, there's so many unknowns with the way practice was uh, structured and all that stuff, not having the spring, you know, having a bunch of Zoom calls and all that stuff, and then having a bunch of practices here late. And, you know, it's your first year with him. You don't have a warm-up game at all. So all that stuff kind of makes me, you know, I don't want to read too much into, like, if they were to have a disappointing showing against a team that basically has gone 3-1 and one in the regular – or, excuse me, 11-1 and one in the regular season the last three years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you would hope that this is a game where they can come out and and compete, maybe cover the spread and things like that. But, you know, I I agree. We we can't take a look at this first game with the Razorbacks and let's say they go out there and and the offense gets stifled by this Georgia defense that's really supposed to be one of the best in the country. Well, that's not saying that Arkansas is not going to be able to move the ball this season. It's Mm going to be one of their toughest tests in the first game and the first time they've lined up against somebody else. So I agree. Uh, Hopefully, you know, we we can come out of that with some encouraging signs for Arkansas, but at the end of the day, I I got to agree with you. I don't think it's going to be indicative of what we might see throughout the remainder of the season. All right, Curtis, appreciate you, man. Anytime. All right, that's Curtis Wilkerson again. HAWGSports.com to read all of Curtis's stories, and he cranks out a lot of them. All right, we're going to switch over right now to a man, Keith Grayson. We haven't talked to Keith in just a little bit, so kind of wanted to get a, a fan perspective from him. He always has an elegant way of presenting things now that we're coming up on the season what's up keith well well woke up uh woke up in all my clothes with the lights on again (laughs) it's been birthday week oh yeah how old are you keith 39 39 oh that's right before the big one yeah. And not a lot has changed. <laughs> since when? When is? <laughs> since, since about twelve, when all this started. <laughs> since I had my first sip of vodka. <laughs> all right. Well, for those for those of you who aren't familiar with Keith, he's uh, he's been a friend of ours for a long time. He's been uh, on the Razor's Edge message board under the handle Whiskey Drunk. I'm not sure that's fitting. I was uh, about to say you're always, you've been whiskey responsible for a while now, but it, maybe, maybe not the, uh, <laughs> maybe not the truth. But uh, Keith also 
um, impacts young men's lives coaching <laughs> coaching high school football out, out in Arizona, also in real estate, and as I mentioned, a longtime Hog fan. So happy yeah. to have you here, Keith. <laughs> yeah, I am the Billy Bob Thornton of the Bad News Bears. And, uh, <laughs> it's, it's my advice is here's what you shouldn't be. Don't be me. <laughs> Don't be me. That's great. That's great. So we're getting to the point. I was talking with Curtis Wilkerson a minute ago, which how good a job is Curtis Wilkerson doing for the site lately? Talk um, about a dude like his voice probably does not match his body, right? No. Well, I didn't know. That's what's crazy because, you know, I did, I talked to him a little bit, you know, when we were going through the interview process. And Curtis is like 6'5 or so. I had no idea if he was like 5'10 or, you know, he could have been in a wheelchair for all I know. Um, but I knew that he's, he had mentioned that he played forward at NAI level. So I'm thinking, okay, this guy's probably 6'4 to 6'8, somewhere, somewhere around there. But uh, he's been really friendly too. And, uh, just a great fit. It's it's nice when you find a guy and you're just like, yes, we got a great fit here. And, um, you know, he replaced Pete Roulier, who Pete's doing good things out in Batesville, too, and we miss Pete. Uh, but certainly happy to have Curtis with us now. Yeah, thanks for letting me follow him up this morning. He's so eloquent, <laughs> like has an actual, like, concise train of thought. All right. And, well, uh, I was trying to bring in two different two different ends of the spectrum here. <laughs> well, you got it on a Thursday. <laughs> So we're we're less we're less than two weeks out, obviously a week and a half out, whatever you want to call it. Um, what's your feelings right now? Are you are you in the Kool Aid stage? Are you guarding against that? What's your thoughts on on this football season coming up? It's, it happens every year. We're going ten and zero. The closer it gets to mm. the closer it gets to football season, the more that I see an advantage for us against Georgia. <laughs> like <laughs> I do it as a fan. I'm like, all right, we're giant killers. Like. Bama doesn't look that tough, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I do it to myself every year. It, it doesn't matter who the coach is. You may throw a little fire on it for you. Well, Curtis Wilkinson just said we're going eight and two. <laughs> That's exactly what he said. So, would you rather take Georgia's quarterback, Dewan Mathis, who, by the way, on his twenty four seven Sports profile, you know, he's he's just a redshirt freshman. Who on his twenty four seven Sports profile? Who you most like, you know, when they compare him to somebody, they compared him to Felipe Franks. Would you rather have Dewan Mathis or would you rather have Felipe Franks? I don't know who the other person that isn't Felipe Franks is. He's Georgia's, Georgia's projected starting quarterback. Now I that know, Jamie but is he a walk-on? No, 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 no. He was a four-star recruit. He was a mid-range okay. four-star ranked, 311 ranked prospect in the country out of Oak – excuse me, out of Belleville, Michigan, Oak Hill High School, class of 2019. So he was the number 11 pro-style quarterback in the country, probably got a little bit of legs to him, 6'6", 205. So I think that's where a lot of the comparisons are with uh, with Felipe Franks. Are we going to go through a, a chain and like compare everybody who we'd rather have? Or we, can I just I mean, talk about this? We could. We can just talk about this, though. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to rain <laughs> in rainwater the roster. I don't want to get through the entire roster. But is, is it? do you think it's a scenario where that guy, where we go Arkansas on them and make this unknown person look like a Heisman candidate right out of the gate? Rephrase that. Are we going to make this unknown quarterback? Like, is Are we going to go old oh, Arkansas make, on yeah. them and make him look like – Johnny Manziel 2.0 yeah, right out of the game. Kind of like that that first year with Bielema where they had Georgia on the ropes and that they brought that other quarterback in and he just torched Arkansas. And then I don't think he ever played again after that. Um, hope not, but at the same time, Georgia's got a lot of talent. You know, I mean, they've been doing this together for a while. It's a it's a it's an interesting game. It's a scary game for a lot of reasons. Georgia's also, you know, obviously very good. 
Nobody has more inside knowledge about Georgia than Sam Pittman and Scott Fountain, though. I mean, that's that's a positive, right? So you've got the inside edge. I mean, Georgia knows probably very little about Arkansas. They didn't play them last year. There's a new coach, a whole coaching change, you know, different philosophies. And they may know Sam Pittman's, Pittman's tendencies, but he's got a different offensive line coach. So in reality, when you think about it, Arkansas has got the edge in terms of having an idea at least of what Georgia might do. Yeah, and, there, and what's refreshing to hear from my end, being like, you know, on the cutting edge of uh, <laughs> football uh, schemes and everything, I, I, I try to stay up to date on what, what's happening, trending in football. So mm-hmm. you got the Venables uh, tree is coming up with this. We're playing two four eyes inside defensive right. ends to try to take away um, the zone read, and then we're going to – uh, play on the back end like three safeties and in a, what we call penny look. Now, offensively, what people do to thwart that is they go 12 personnel and they say run strengths to the left. We've got two tight ends set stacked mm-hmm. over there. One's in a wing or one's in a hide. And we're going to create an extra gap, run wide zone, and then we got RPO out the right side for this example. Mm-hmm. I'd like to know like how, if that's, if that's the 12 personnel packages that we're looking at where there's two tight ends to the left or we're just going to say the run strength is here stop mm-hmm. it the yeah. pass strength is out the backside stop it now what do you if you ask five different defensive coordinators how they defend something like that you're gonna get five answers do you leave a cornerback over there to guard hudson henry or whoever's in the wing do you move down a linebacker over him do you shift do you put four down and you shift the line to the run strength there's there's a lot of different ways to defend it and i would like to know i call that uh, personnel package dead inside because you don't have a corner over there and you bring a strong safety down as your edge defender and you leverage with a with a bigger guy basically as your outside contained because you, now you're effectively making a cornerback your outside contained. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing this movement in football to get back to kind of we're widening out our running lane because if they're going to bring the defensive end inside, it's taking that B gap away. I would like to hear what Odom is doing on his side to kind of defend Arkansas. Well, I guess you don't want to give anybody an advantage, but it's just going to be interesting to me to see. You just have to see it. Yeah. It's finally refreshing to hear that. Like I, when I hear that personnel package to me, it's not, it may not be Hudson Henry Mm -hmm. and you hear there's receivers on the field. It could be Traylon Burks in a nub or in a hide and like and he's I think I think we will see back. some of that. I think we will see some of Traylon Barks lined up like that. We know yeah, we do I, know that they have worked 12 personnel. We don't know if it's exactly like you described it like that. Fans but. fans have to be excited that we have one of the most innovative cutting edge. There's going to be people copying Arkansas football again on what we do. Not just the Wildcat, yeah, right? I, I was about to say that hasn't happened since the Wildcat. <laughs> Yep, it's not single wing they're copying. Uh, and, and single wing was like something that came about in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Where, and it's funny because, so I'm calling offense for the first time this year, and we're a veer option team. But Fine. I, what I've done is I put in 12 personnel. With I always use, people hate me on, on NCAA football because I always use a veer. Always. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so I'm, I'm, I'm incorporating 12 personnel with an empty package that is essentially wildcat and, and, and with one of the formations. So mm-hmm. anyway, so I was studying a lot of this and it's funny because who I'm studying is 
Art Riles, or Kendall Riles at Houston. Mm. And where you get like, you can run a jet sweep and then you can option it to the back. I mean, and you've, we've seen some practice clips to where we're running like double option. Yeah, I've seen I've seen that stuff absolutely. Um, I've seen a lot of a lot of interesting stuff like that. That you know, obviously they don't want us commenting all on all that stuff. But, well, they're uh, putting it out in the, in the social media uh, atmosphere, but right, here's, but here's the, they're putting it out in to, like like in a, a, some, a shell of it. Like they don't have everybody lined up. You know what I mean? Like you're right, just seeing them, them them drill it. Hopefully it doesn't get too cute with it, and we still have some downhill power run game like yeah. Pittman plays. I think and that's a miscommunication with a lot of people on Kendall Browse's offense, but if you look at it, I mean, they run the ball. They produce a oh, yeah. lot of rushing yards, really more rushing yards than passing yards. Everybody has a different philosophy of what's 50-50. Some people say it's 50% run, 50% pass. Bielema used to say it's being able to run when you want to and pass when you want to regardless of the stats. But Browse – you know, I've always thought 50-50 run pass meant 60% run, 40% pass, because you're going to obviously pass for more yards than you do run, and that kind of balances it out. But Browse, absolutely, everything he, – he has the philosophy. It's not the pass sets up the run. He, his philosophy is the run sets up the pass, which is yep. the correct philosophy, by the way. Well, I'm excited about one of the matchups between Scott Fountain. Every time he talks, like, you get that Alabama draw. Oh, I like, love okay, it. this is – football all day he reminds me of so many people from that area born to be a football coach when he was coaching at auburn auburn it's like a auburn in texas <laughs> i don't want to i don't want to promote other people on your show but he has his hog pod interview with Bo. Mm-hmm. it is you have to listen to that. i've I listened mean, it was, to it it's fantastic those the hog pod's great i don't i don't i don't i mean to me that's like not a competing outlet. Right. that's university of arkansas uh, but it's fantastic. I listen to it all the now, time. Now, we have Scott Fountain. And do you know who the special teams coordinator o- over Georgia is now? Who his replacement is? Who took over? Oh, it's a it's a guy that's never done it before. It's it's the Alabama mascot, Scott Cochran. Oh, yeah, that's right, Scott Cochran. Yep. The strength and co- conditioning coordinator from Alabama. Yeah. So let's see if – I would do my impersonation of him, but it's uh, I would strain my voice. Screaming into a TV, yeah. <laughs> that guy's a maniac. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting to see how it plays out because, I mean, Fountain has a wealth of experience coaching special teams and replacing him with a guy that doesn't have much. But, I mean, he's also – you know, there's five coaches that also work special teams at Arkansas, and there was five coaches at Georgia that were working special teams under him. So, I'm sure there's some carryover. Is Brad Davis back? Yes, he's out there. Okay. He's been out there for some time. Just want to make sure because I knew he was out, but we never heard that he was back. Um, I can't remember how we handled that. You know, there's they've changed all the rules on us, like with reporting injuries and stuff. But um, we can't technically say if somebody's back because that indicates that they were gone. Right. But I don't know if that was in place with Brad Davis when he was there. So, well, you've been well, entertaining today. I ought to call you more when you just wake up I, with your clothes I, on. <laughs> and the lights on. <laughs> well, maybe I got still got the little last night in me. Yeah, yeah, loosened you up a little bit. All right, man. Yeah, man. It's football season, so burning the candle at both ends. Yeah, working and uh, and getting ready. I, how hard do you think it is to get a, a ticket if I pop in? <laughs> I have no idea. I'm the worst person to ask on ticket stuff. I know that I was approved for press credentials, and we're waiting to see if Curtis we, – we normally have like four people in the press box, but I'm the only one that's got approved so far. So, um, 
Oh, well, if you're listening to this podcast and you're a fan, you better get your ass off the seat and yell the entire game because there's about 50,000 people or 60,000 that would rather be there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it is highly selective. And if you're lucky enough to get in the game, you better make some damn noise. So, great point. Anyway, I'm, I'm jacked for football season. I, am I, I, I can't I, wait. I, I've been watching. Well, I, I mean, hope- the games are just kind of, it's just kind of like, eh. You know, not great games. I think you got you got one ranked matchup coming this weekend, so it's not just like a great slate of games either. Uh, Louisville and – who's Louisville playing? Somebody else that's ranked, I can't remember. But uh, the next week, that's that's when it starts for me. Well, my, my thing, my main concern is Georgia's going to come out and run the ball down our throat. We're very thin at linebacker, mm-hmm. and it's going to – it's we can't get them off the field. So, hopefully that D-line creates enough havoc – and disrupts the, you know, some some of the running lanes to take it off our linebackers a little bit. Hope so. So, all right, Keith. That's going to be the main matchup. We're going to move on to questions. To all right, man. Appreciate you jumping on. All right, later, Keith. All right, Keith Grayson. Always fun to talk to Keith. Keith Grayson's a funny guy with a lot of insight. Some of y'all are surprised to hear some of the insight that he has. It's coming from his high school football background, coaching out in Arizona. Okay, let's see if we got some questions before we get started with that. Of course, i got to remind everybody, plenty of ways to watch and listen. Always tune in on Facebook Live. Follow the page. We're supposed to be at 80,000 follows by the time football season starts up, and we're almost there. We're not there yet, so follow the page on Facebook so you're notified. We put all of our free content on Facebook, every bit of it. So if you want free content that way, that's a great way to get it. And you'll be notified anytime uh, this video pops up, which we do on Mondays and Thursdays. Now, that's going to change a little bit coming up. It's going to change because we've got Sam Pittman's press conference at noon on Mondays. And we're also looks looks like we're going to have media availability with Sam Pittman on Thursdays at about 1.30. We used to, with Chad Morris, all that stuff wrapped up on Wednesdays. So we may have to change up the way the show is aired on Thursday and definitely on Mondays, it'll be a little bit later than it has been in the past. And then of course we'll start that walk and talk again uh, as soon as the season starts going, that's always popular. And so uh, yeah, be sure to, to follow the page on Facebook also available on YouTube. Same deal. You'll be notified. If you hit the notifications bell, after you subscribe, you'll be notified anytime we upload new videos, throw us a thumbs up on both of these videos. If you like it, all right. If you don't, then don't do it. But if you do, we'd love to have that thumbs up, like, whatever you want to call it, different platform. Also available on Apple Podcasts, throw us that five-star review and um, throw us a five-star rating and throw us a review if you like the content and anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, wherever. Also, speaking of ways to get free information, if you want breaking news directly, sign up for the text alerts. Just go to hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. Sign up for text alerts. It's free. We're not going to spam you or anything like that. You're just going to get breaking news sent to your phone with a link back to the content so you can read more about it if you want. It's a great feature. We are one of the ten, top 10 sites in the 24-7 Sports Network on newsletter signups, or excuse me, on text alert signups. For some reason, we're not on newsletters. Our newsletters aren't where I want them to be. I like to be number one in everything. I'll settle for top 10 nationally, fine. But we're not in the top 25 in our newsletters right now. And that bugs me to death. So I spend a lot of time, we have, or somebody does, it's usually me, spends a lot of time putting together our newsletter with free content. So if you want that delivered to your inbox, I mean, that's going to be the first thing you start checking. You're going to settle into work. About 9 o'clock, you can get that newsletter. Be good for you. 
be good for you, especially with football season coming up. Okay. Let's get to the questions. We're going to start off with our VIP folks over on Hog Sports on the Razor's Edge Premium Forum. One of the best features that we have at Hog Sports. Big Dab says, Boyd or Burks, who has the better year? I'm going with – I'm going with – that's tough. I'm going with Burks. I think that with the effort – now, you have to put it in context because wide receivers not going to touch the ball as much as a running back. But I think that Burks has the potential to be a monster and do a lot of different things. So I'm going to go with Burks, although I think it's close. I think they'll both have really good years. I mean, Boyd, the offensive line wasn't regarded as good last year, right? Slightly behind middle of the pack nationally, according to Pro Football Focus. And he was the only back on the team that had any success running behind him, averaged 6.2 yards a carry. So if he goes from averaging 15 carries a game to 20 carries a game over a 10-game schedule, I mean, that's a significant – number of carries, I mean, he might end up – if that happens, he could end up rushing for – he could end up finishing third. I think what's Alex Collins got 1,500 rushing yards. He could end up passing Alex Collins potentially. It's going to hurt not having the games. I mean, if they go to a bowl game, that could help. But right now, I mean, number one's Darren McFadden. Number two's Darren McFadden. Number three is um, Alex Collins in rushing yards per season. Birmingham says, which new position coaches have impressed you the most so far and why? I like Scott Fountain. I feel like he has an answer for everything. I mean, they've all done that in a way, but I always look at it like this. Like, if you ever talk to somebody and you ask them a question about how to do something, they're like, well, it's really complicated. And this is from – I can't remember who this, the comic is who, who who came up with this, but it's fantastic, and I hate that I can't credit him. But if somebody – you go up to somebody and say that, and they're like, that's complicated – then that person doesn't know what they're talking about. If you go up to somebody and they're, you're like, how do you do this? Oh, it's simple. Let me show you. All you got to do is, you know, and that's how, how Scott Fountain is. That's how a lot of these guys are. But it may be just because Fountain's fresh in my mind because we just had an interview with him. I just listened to his um, his interview on, uh, on Bo's podcast, which, again, was fantastic. And I, I just like the I like the way the guy sounds. I'm from I've, I've obviously spent most of my life in Arkansas. I've been I've lived here since I was seven years old. Most of my family is from Georgia, and a lot of them from South Georgia. And I've also got family in Alabama, and a lot of those people sound like Scott Fountain does. Texas, Auburn, <laughs> packing. A hog fifty four says any word on Levi Draper's camp performance? He in the group of five or so? Yes, he's in the group. I have the worst handle on linebacker right now. I'm sorry. I'm trying to find out some more information on what's going on there, but they've shifted some things around. But Levi Draper's going to be among the top four linebackers in some capacity. Tree Stand Hog says if for whatever reason Stromberg isn't ready to play, do they go with Clinton at center and Limmer at right guard, or Limmer at center and Winkle and Jones at right guard? That's a great question. I think possibly Ty Clary is who they would go with at center. That way you don't move too many pieces around, you know, because if you move Lemmer, then you got to move somebody else and you start moving a bunch of spots where as you could just put Clary there, you know. So I think they probably would go with Clary. Would go with Clary I think. Packing a hog feed four says wide receiver question with a similarity and skill set and size between Warren and TJ Hammonds will both see snaps on offense this year. I think so. I think both of those guys are second group. 
right now. Now, TJ probably has a little bit bigger history in terms of doing something on offense with the ball in his hands. You know, Warren hasn't really produced a whole lot on offense. Now, he has in the kick return game, he's done some good things. But I think both of those guys are with the second group, probably with Tyson Morris. With Browse stating only a handful of, of receivers will see snap, well, it'd be those two or a combination. I mean, he says five. I think it'll be probably be six. I mean, you're going to travel six, maybe seven. You always, you know, somebody get banged up or something like that, it can change your whole look on it. But I think Tyson Morris, TJ Hammonds, Devion Warren are your next three. Uh, Hawk Savage says, do you buy Pittman's comments on them not prepping for Georgia at all yet? I think it's possible. Now, that doesn't mean the coaches haven't. I think the coaches have definitely had a rough game plan in place for a while. They may have thrown some stuff at them here and there, small stuff. But I think generally, just the way things have played out, you know, you do have to focus on on just getting better yourselves. Now, that will change this week, obviously. You don't want to over-prepare teams. Every single coach says that. You don't want to over-prepare them. Even in a bye week, you spend half of the, the first half of the week working with younger guys, you know, getting their legs back, that kind of stuff. And then you, you don't start on the future opponent until the end of the week. WPS Razorbacks 08 says, do you see KJ having packages in third and fourth down and one and two yards situations such as Blake Bell at Oklahoma? I absolutely think that there are opportunities for KJ Jefferson, especially in short yardage runs. I mean, when situ- you know, uh, Felipe can run. He's a capable runner. He's a good runner. I wouldn't say he's a great runner. He's a good runner. But KJ can move a pile. Guy's got really big legs, really powerful, and he can move a pile. And you take away the risk of – you know, injuring Franks when you know it's going to be something like, you know, a quarterback run when the defense probably knows that. You don't want to put him in situations where he can jam up his fingers or hurt his hands or something like that. So I could see them possibly using KJ in those situations. Whiskey Drunk, also known as Keith Grayson. Uh, he's asking if anybody else has questions for him. Wisdom Hong says, will the Hogs, will the, will the O-line make an improvement over the last couple of years? Yes. They made an improvement the year from the year before, and they'll make an improvement this year. I firmly believe that. I think they're they're older overall. They've got better coaching, and they've got more co- – I mean, when you think about it, when you think about it, it's not just Brad Davis. You've also got Sam Pittman looking over, who's former offensive line coach, arguably the best offensive line coach in the country the last several years. You've got John Cooper, who coaches tight ends, who played in the NFL as an offensive lineman. And Scott Fountain was a former offensive line uh, player and has coached on the offensive line. So you've got some coaches that know what they're doing when it comes to the offensive line. So you've got more eyes on it. You're bigger, which was a, a huge upgrade. I mean, they averaged 292 pounds on the offensive line last year starting. That's probably – if it's not the smallest offensive line in Power 5, it's one of. Now they're well over 300. So I think there's going to be absolute improvement. Plus, I mean, you've got a lot of guys who were well-regarded last year who may not have been quite ready. I mean, you think about the interior of the offensive line. You've got Stromberg at center, Bo Limmer at uh, right guard, and uh, Brady Latham at, at right guard – or excuse me, at left guard. Those are all class of 2019 recruits. They're all sophomores or redshirt freshmen. So they're younger, but Bo Limmer is probably the second-strongest guy on the team. Brady Latham – probably needs to get stronger. His best football will still be ahead of him, but he's apparently one of the five best options that they have. Really understands leverage, tough, aggressive, mean. I like that. I like mean. That's, we can do something with mean. We can start – just don't take it home, but when you get it on the football field, mean's a good place to start. 
I always loved on Yellowstone, if you all ever watched that, there's this guy out there guarding the, you know, he's a security guy and he's guarding something. And John Dutton comes up with something and like does some kind of move and like hits him with a bottle or something and knocks him out. And when he's walking out, the guy goes, nice move. And Dutton goes, it wasn't a move. I'm just meaner than you. <laughs> Great line. Great show for anybody that doesn't watch Yellowstone. I'm just meaner than you. Ben Strossity says, is it possible that our linebacker room is doing better than we think? Sam Pittman generally keeps the same demeanor all the time. Sometimes it's hard to tell if he's excited about a play or not. I don't know, Ben. I'm still worried about it. I've said I've had the worst grasp on linebacker. I'm just I'm just I worry about that position for Arkansas. Ben Strossity says, Will the conditioning the team is receiving this year compared to last year likely result in fewer injuries? Not really sure. I don't know that I don't know I would say they were like poorly conditioned last year. I don't know if that was a problem. Wupik Sui eighty eight says, When is the last time you had chocolate gravy and where were you? I I don't really don't know, but it's been years. Let me get with Danny West. Will Stromberg be back in time for the Georgia game, says Knopf 93. I can't really comment on any kind of, you know, if a player's at practice or not, and I'm not saying whether or not he is. Raw Hog says, and that's just, you know, through the UA. Raw Hog says, I like Sam Pittman and I hope he succeeds, but what are the but are we as a fan base building him up too much too soon? I think I'm drinking the Kool-Aid and should slow down. Yes, slow down on the Kool-Aid. Again, when I'm talking, guys. I'm not saying that Arkansas is going to win five, six, seven, eight games or anything close to that. I think Arkansas fans should expect to win two games, given that they haven't won an SEC game the last two seasons. I think that that says I feel pretty positive from where Arkansas was to where they're going. But, again, it's about not getting your ass kicked. That's what it's about, isn't it? It's about showing some pride, fighting till the end, acting like you care, supporting your head coach, your defensive coordinator, your offensive coordinator, and Arkansas just hasn't been capable of doing that because they didn't they didn't feel that. They didn't feel that for their coach in the past. Okay, we're going to switch over. See if we got some good Facebook videos. Alex, or excuse me, Facebook videos. Yeah, there are. See if we got some good Facebook questions from uh, the free users on Facebook. We got just a little bit of time, so we're not going to get to all of them here. We've almost gone. How long have I been going? 55 minutes, so we'll give you five minutes. Alex Hamilton says, Trey, if we are so thin at tight end, why don't we go get John off? Uh, I said I was going to read good questions, Curtis, or Alex. <laughs> Let's see. Mike Cormier says, is the SEC going to use electronic whistles? If so, shouldn't the Razorback staff use them in practice? Possibly. I guess it doesn't make sense to blow on a whistle. I hadn't really thought about that. I mean, I've been watching games. I haven't even thought about that. Ward O'Keefe says, have you seen any work with the O regarding a short yardage goal line package with KJ? Like, so a grave digger a steamboat, a locomotion. Those are kind of the the tabs, uh, the names that have been uh, given those type of packages. But, guys, we have not seen, except for one day they lined up in team. So we haven't seen any kind of goal line stuff at all. But I do think that there's a possibility. We kind of talked about that a little bit earlier, so I won't go into too much detail. Let's 
Oh, Anthony Jant Tenner uh, has added the link to get to text alerts. Appreciate that, Anthony. Yeah, again, sign up for text alerts. They're free. Breaking news. Breaking Razorback news directly to your phone. I mean, instant. Something happens, boom. You're good. You know it before your buddy knows it. It's a great deal. So is the newsletter. Two great options. Bobby Miller says, how do you feel about the Big Ten eight-game schedule stack up with SEC and other conferences having played 10-plus games when it comes to bowl selection? That's I thought about that, too. I just don't – I don't know. I, I don't know how that will play out. But it doesn't feel level. So, Brady – All right, so Brandy, excuse me, Brandy Zemus, Zemos like Zemus. I love listening to your show. Appreciate that, and thank you so much because I have said Zymos when he was recruited. Uh, Chad Morris told us say, uh, no, excuse me, I said Zemos when he was recruited. Chad Morris says, told us say Zymos, but it's Zemus. Zach Zemus. Everybody say it three times and use it in a sentence. Zach Zemus, Zach Zemus, Zach Zemus. Zach Zemus is... Relative, mom, Brady Zemus is, is on here right now and has clarified that. So that's how I remember a lot of stuff. Say it three times using a sentence. That's how I can remember how to say Abiyami Iola. Can you say that? Say it three times using a sentence. Abiyami Iola. Mitt Duke Cunningham says, I just want us to be competitive again each game. Yeah, that's, that's kind of my whole narrative today. Chris Carter says, how many wins do we need to be bowl eligible this year? Well, now that the Big Ten is playing, things will probably change a little bit. But I have no idea what that formula is. I have no idea. They may just go down the line and say, you know, do a cutoff, like kind of with golf. Like you do a cut after the first couple rounds and you say, like, you know, this is, this is the cut line. That may be how it has to be. Scott Fletcher says, no blowouts where we clearly have given up as a team. Absolutely. Everybody's in agreement on that, I think. Middu Cunningham says, how is Ty Claring looking? He's he's looked good. I mean, I think he's probably got pushed out of the starting lineup just based on how things have played out. The new guy, Curtis, could be related to Cam Felt. Yeah, I can see that. Same kind of coloration, hair, all that stuff. <laughs> Camp Felt. Curtis says Googling Camp Felt. Yeah, Camp Felt. Camp Felt was the first commitment of one of, I believe, Petrino's recruiting classes and wasn't here very long at all. Cunningham, Mitt Duke Cunningham says Burks at tight end would be nasty. It really would. I mean, 6'3, 233, he could play the spot. He'd be an absolute nightmare for a linebacker. Justin Eric Cunningham said, how embarrassing would it be if Chad Morse's offense put 500 yards on us? Ugh, yeah, that would that would not be fun. He's got some more talent at Auburn. He's not the head coach. He's not setting the culture and all that stuff, which I think is where an area where Chad failed. I'm not saying he's not a, a capable offensive coordinator. I'm just saying he needs somebody else to be in charge, at least on this level. He needs somebody else to be head coach. I mean, he probably should have called plays at Arkansas. That was, you know, obviously what got him to where he is, but he didn't call plays. Donnie Wolf says, what's up with Bumper Pool? Seems like Coach Pitt dances around his name. I mean, I don't know. I watched him at practice Tuesday. I assume he's with the first bunch still. 
why have three straight coaching staff whiffed so badly recruiting linebackers as Ed Strauss? I have no idea, but it seems like I go to bat on that argument every single year. Over-recruit the position. Recruit too many linebackers for once. I mean, the last time that they really did it, they really hit the number, was 2016, but nobody panned out. So it's not just recruiting linebackers, but it's recruiting the right ones because it was really Dijon Harris that panned out. Giovanni LaFrance never really played. Alexis Jean-Baptiste eventually moved to defensive end, never really played. Uh, D. Walker played some, but was removed from the team. So you had four linebackers in that class, only one of them, one of them ended up playing. He was a good one. Michael Wilma says our defensive line and secondary should be better. Boyd would have 1,000 yards if we have non-conference games. I think he still will. I think he still can. I mean, even with 10 games, I, th I think he could still – if they go to him enough and he has his health and he stays healthy, I think he could still put up, you know, across a thousand yards. Andy Harrison says, "Don't you think they respond after losses this season versus last two years?" I would love to see them like not take a loss and, and carry it into next week and like not quit and not act like they don't want to be there. I mean, that's that's a sign of growth to me. Now, they may not they may not win a lot of games. I don't think that they will. But again, just take take steps in the right direction. Let's take steps in the right direction. Spencer Shannon says, are we favored in any games this year? According to the ESPN FPI, they're barely scheduled, they're barely favored or predicted, I should say, because the line isn't out. They're barely predicted to win that game on the road at Starkville. Stephen Lawrence asked how many players run a 4-4 or below. I would have to go through the list. That would take a little bit of time, but I could probably come up with something. Michael Wilma says, I think at least five or six games gets bowl eligible. Well, six is going to, obviously. <laughs> so it's probably less than six. Daniel Flair says, do you see any packages with Dominic Johnson happening? That's a big boy. Yeah, I could see him working around the goal line, and I don't think you have to worry about it now with a four-game rule because, first of all, you don't redshirt running backs anyway. You should, the only reason a red shirt, a running back should ever redshirt is if he's not good enough to play. And if he's not good enough to play, he's probably not ever going to be really good. Because you can, you can either run or you can't as a running back. Everything else, like growth on like getting stronger and all that stuff, being a, becoming a better blocker, understanding the offense better, becoming a better receiver, all that stuff comes. But you can run or you can't. Uh, up until the four-game redshirt rule, you would not find a significant running back at Arkansas who redshirted his first year, and it wasn't because of an injury. So Michael Smith redshirted because of hamstring injuries, and that was injury. But aside from that, you're not going to find a running back that redshirted his first year and ended up being a good player at Arkansas before the four-game rule. And that's out the window now because everybody gets basically the year back. I want to thank everybody for joining. I want to thank you for your questions. Really appreciate everybody. We're going to come. We're going to come back with a walk and talk. I may do a walk and talk just to kind of gear up for the season. That should be coming soon. I haven't figured out where I'm going to do that. I guess I could drive up on campus. I don't know how I'm going to do it. But we're going to bring the walk and talk back and once again. Leave us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We're wrapping up the show now, so you might as well go do that right now. Throw us a thumbs up, a like if you haven't done so already, whether it's Facebook, YouTube, wherever else. Appreciate our subscribers for chiming in with some great questions and the non-subscribers as well. We, we rely on you guys as well for support. So uh, if you haven't signed up for the newsletter, do that. If you haven't signed up for text alerts, do that as well. Just go to Hog Sports. 
go to the three dots at the top and you'll you'll see all those links or you scroll to the middle of the page on the home page and you'll see where to sign up and enter your email for the newsletter all right everybody thanks to keith grayson for joining us also curtis wilkerson both those guys provided some really good insight today may have been their best day on the show today and certainly appreciate them all right everybody we'll be back with you guys on monday probably a little bit later again uh, because we do have sam Pittman press conference at noon on monday so for Curtis Wilkerson, this has been Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.